Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Small doses of help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. It's so funky. So funky. <laughs> Folks. It's been a doozy of a time that we won't address because we're going to talk about side effects of travel. Let's get the fuck out of here. Am I right? Yeah, I am laughing to keep from crying. And doing so with a passport and a great guest whose passport is popping like a reunion episode of Basketball Wives LA. Just... (laughs) Just, uh, just a lot of a lot going on. It's just, it's busy. It's busy. It's busy. We have the, uh, just you know, the illustrious, uh, the also eloquent, the master blackspert, master blackspert, Miss Demetria Lucas, uh, formerly a Bell in Brooklyn, formerly a Bell in Brooklyn, now Bell of the Burbs, Bell of the World, Bell, Bell of the World. Ain't that? I ain't something? never in the Burbs. You really ain't never. I'm in, never home. You're never walking a dog in yoga pants. So it was we, fun. It, <laughs> it was a good time. It was fun. It was a good time. So we actually have a lot of good times ahead. Uh, we're going to get into these gem drops. I'm going to do some DMTs. And then Demetria is going to join us for, of course, people I like. And we're going to talk about that one time where we left this goddamn country. Oh, that's several times. And we'll talk about why that happens several times. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <laughs> Well, Demetria was going to head out, but since she's sticking around, we said, let's do the whole episode. So, gem dropping. Traveler versus tourist. Now, this is a conversation that's happening on, you know, websites that are dedicated to travel, etc. But I wanted to tackle it here because I've been in both of these different places, right? Where you go to somewhere as a traveler versus a tourist. Now, the way that it's described online, I actually agree with. A traveler is someone who goes somewhere and immerses themselves into the culture and the experience. A tourist is somebody who goes somewhere to basically have, like, their home experience in a different place. Basically. Would you agree or no? Oh, I'm supposed to weigh in here? I'm just curious, yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Because I have people who would come to Grenada and then be trying to, like, have America in Grenada. Like they only want to eat like hamburgers? Like, yes. And macaroni and cheese. And yeah. I'm just like, we're in Grenada. Like we're in Grenada. Like, like, yeah, no. And I understand that there's a certain, I understand like maybe needing a little bridge. Like when I went to Berlin for the first time, I ended up just having Turkish chicken spot food every day because that felt the most uh, comfortable to my stomach. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily an adventurous eater. Okay. I'm more of an adventurer in terms of like, Let's go check out this museum and let's go check out this town and let's go check out this city, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the food, I really, I'm, I'm rest in peace to Anthony Bourdain because. Look, nah. so food is, food traveling is tricky 
Like, like if you, something doesn't agree with you, if the water doesn't agree with you, <laughs> like the water, the fruit, the salad, like that gets real tricky traveling. So sometimes you need to stick to what you, you know, know, what you know, like basics. Like, can, are you frying a potato? Are you baking a potato? It's really hard to mess up potatoes. Um, right. Like that, French fries are universal. Um, but I think like that applies more to like, like say the people who go to DC and they only go to like the Washington Monument and yes. take a tour of the Capitol. Those and would like, be... Tourists. Those would be tourists. Like, but if you go to, I don't know, if you go to a go-go, you know? You go to a go-go. Um, <laughs> you go to Anacostia. You go to Anacostia, <laughs> um, which is not like it used to be. Like, D.C. is the gentrification. It's, it's, it's wild. It is. Yeah, places that used to be like so. Like, I would never go there. People are like, oh, my God, I'm, I live in, where? I'm like, you live where? Right. Like, no. Um, but I think there's something to be said if I amend my definition of a tourist. It's somebody who basically walks the beaten path when they go to any other place. They go places that were made for, for foreigners. Yeah. But I like to go places like when I go somewhere, I want to go where the locals eat. I want to do both. I want to see wanna, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. But I also want to just see what's going on over... um. Wherever the black people are, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what, like, I don't know what part of the city that is. Yeah, I, I was trying to think. I was like, forever. what arrondissement? Yeah, and I was like, is that four? Is that six? Is that? Yeah, I don't remember. But wherever they are, I would like to see them. I would like to say like bonjour, bonjour. Yeah, it's like even if you can't say anything else, I can't say anything else. Like at least we can. I can say hello. Right. I can greet you with a smile and a hello. But like, yeah, tourists go somewhere and expect to be accommodated. Also, tourists go places where English is not the primary. That's the, where I, I was like, going oh with my it. god, it's terrible. It's terrible. Or you try to like speak louder in English. Like I hate seeing people do that. They're I, like, I, I said, I want, want like they this don't was my speak mother the in Cuba. Eng- oh my god. This was my mother in Cuba. Oh, and mommy, I no. was like, I'm gonna fight oh, you. Mommy, no. If you keep trying to speak English to folks, just bl- but like with no regard. Yeah. No regard. I was like, you sound so American right now. It is I can't deal with it. I can't. I can't. But on the other oh, hand, mommy. my mom is a traveler in a lot of ways because she will just like leave the group mm-hmm. and just be like, what's happening over here? And find her way into spaces that like you never even, that wasn't on the itinerary. Like, that wasn't on the itinerary. Like you went where? <laughs> but I think that there's something to be said for being a traveler versus a tourist because in the event, in the in the exploration of gaining new experiences, you really can get that way more as a traveler versus a tourist. A lot of times when you are just going the tourist route, you really are kind of sequestering yourself to sameness. Yeah. And also you're hanging around with a bunch of other tourists. Yep. Like you're not with, because like in New York, like you avoid Times Square. 1,000%. Especially like holiday season. Like you, you, oh God, it's terrible. Um, it's like you can't even walk the streets to get to the office. I ran into Jessica Williams the other day and she was telling me that she went to Grenada. And I was like, you went to Grenada? And I was like, where'd you go in Grenada? I was like, where'd you stay? And she was like, mm, I stayed at Sandals. And I was mm. like, oh, so you like physically went to the island of Grenada. Yes. But you did not go to Grenada. And she was like, no, no. I didn't. She just wanted, she just wanted to tan. Yeah. A little getaway. And she was like, I, it was a getaway. And I was, you know, I okay. was there and that was that. And sometimes you just need that. Yes. Like I have only been to DR as a tourist. Yeah. I went to an all-inclusive. I didn't leave the all-inclusive. I was only there for like two and a half days. That's that. That's but I would love to go back to DR and experience it as a traveler. Are we going to DR still? I thought we, there was like a ban on, not a ban, but I thought like DR was like uncomfortable to go to. Well, like, I think that there's always kind of this idea that says like DR is not good to black folks and to Haitians, so we shouldn't go because of tourism dollars and, you know, there's that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 
Like last I heard, like they were. I mean, I'm were, talking like, about. I literally went to DR in 2008. Oh, okay. I feel good about it now. Okay. <laughs> we didn't know that was happening then. That wasn't like a thing. And I was like, well, you're really going to DR now. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. That's the problem. I think that's why I'm so. Kind well, you're of like, working like nonstop. Like you have to physically be here. Like I just, I just need an internet connection. I mean, I I applaud you because you find a way to encourage tourists to not be travelers while you're traveling. I think that what we have to understand is that when we go to these other places, especially as Americans, let me just address this, especially as Americans, Americans go to other places and because of the American hubris that keeps our our focus so narrowed, whether it's on the reception of culture, of news, of media, we go to other places and we, we literally have not been trained to conceptualize that there are other people who are living their lives happily unlike us. Unlike us and have no desire to and be have like no us. have no desire to be Have like no us. desire to come to America. No. Like, because, so that's one of the other things, like bouncing all around to all these places. So people think our president is nuts. They're like, mm, Trump. Like, they're like, Obama. Obama. And everyone's like, ah, like, yeah. you know nothing else. You know, Obama and Beyonce. But everyone's like, happy. Like, Obama, yeah, and Trump. Mm. Mm. See, if you can't speak any English, like, you can convey to me that, you know, your president sucks. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, but they think our country is, like, super violent. Like, you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, America, is it safe? Because they hear, like, you know, about all the gun violence. Like, It's not the, safe. I just had a not. conversation today about the fact that at Smart, Funny, and Black shows from now on, we, in, our, in my introduction to the audience, I have to start pointing out exit signs. Yeah. And I'm going to have to start having the audience acknowledge the security and have the security acknowledge us to let us know like that's where you are. And we are also going to start acknowledging each other and before the show starts turning to the person next to you saying your name and saying turn hello to your neighbor. and turn to it's Does very, your neighbor look crazy? It's, I mean <laughs> alert the security. It's right, it's for so many reasons. It's one for that. It's one because we find ourselves so often in spaces where we don't pay attention to anybody. Yeah. And we if something were to happen God forbid, you wouldn't even be able to ID if this person was a victim, if this person was the the perpetrator Etc. 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 Because we're so caught in ourselves, and that is also a very American, American thing. thing. It's yeah. very American, and we are so kind of uh, cookie cutter in our nation too. Like we have unique cities ever so often, but for the most part, a lot of cities in America look the same. Yeah. So you don't even have to kind of get accustomed to like taking in like a different landscape. And when you go out of the country and you see like, oh wow, this is like a whole different scenario it forces you to consider that maybe your scenario could be better the first time I ever realized that it was time to leave New York was because I landed after coming back from Paris and I just started crying and I was crying because I realized for the first time that my life wasn't as good as I thought it was yeah and I had no idea like I had no idea and it was simply by just going to Paris and seeing something other other and and doing it as a as a traveler Mm -hmm. so when I went to Paris the first time I went with people who live in Paris I stayed with like people who live in Paris like I stayed at like their friend their girlfriend's apartment and she had gone and you know the stove is the size of my foot and And it's like I wouldn't say it's voyeuristic but it is very more in touch and I just feel like you know tourism has its place Mm -hmm. because sometimes you really just don't want the stress yeah. That's why you go to Vegas. You know, when you go to Jamaica, that's why you go to Ocho. Yeah. Or Mobay versus Kingston. Yeah. Um, but there is uh, also, and, and I think a lot of people who do cruises are more tourists than travelers. Yeah. I think the people who go on a cruise, you just want to get away and you want everything right there. Yeah. Like all the, the food is there, all the entertainment is there. Like I just got to walk up some steps or take an elevator and I'm there. I don't I've never to, like, done really a cruise. Grow. I did one once. It was terrible. I just, I don't like other people on that boat. 
I didn't like being on a boat. I got like That's what I'm saying. day four, I got seasick. And then I it was bad. It was bad. So to everyone listening, you know, I I want this episode to encourage you and inspire you to at least consider travel and also to manage like the possibilities of what travel means. And it doesn't always have to mean like going outside of the country. It can mean going to your next neighborhood. It can mean going to another city. Um, and America, for the record, even though I do say like we are limited and we have hubris, et cetera, we also have a beautiful country. Country, yeah. A beautiful country. And even though this administration doesn't respect our national parks, we have amazing national parks. We have amazing marine sanctuaries. You know what I mean? Like we just, we, there's so much to explore in this place when we respect it as land that was here before us. Um, when you're on tour, like when we drove through Colorado, it was like, Colorado's beautiful. I mean, Colorado is like otherworldly. Yeah. It's otherworldly. I'm like, is this where area 51 is? Because this is great. Like area 54, 51, 52, 51. Yeah. I had it right. Okay. Naturally. Um, but I just, I, you go to New Orleans and you're like, oh, this is a whole enclave of just culture yeah. that has been preserved. Yeah. You know, there's areas in South Carolina, the, the Geechee culture. Yeah. And you go to Eatonville in Florida. You go to, um, what am I missing right now? Some places that are just like. I, gosh, what's the name of that place? Oakland. Natchez, Mississippi. Natchez, Mississippi. Natchez, Mississippi. It was, um, it was. Not a slave port, but it's where all the the, the plantation owners, um, if you had like a whole bunch of money, you would build like your good house um, in Natchez, Mississippi. And they preserved a lot of the houses. They weren't um, destroyed in the Civil War. So it's like the land before time. It's like it's pre or an- what's before Bellum? Antebellum. 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 They're antebellum. Um, but these amazingly gorgeous like architectural wonders that are preserved from like before the Civil War. It's crazy. Interessante. Well, the gem drop today is that there's different ways to travel as a traveler and a tourist. I'm not saying one of them is better than the other, but I'm saying you do have options. And I think that we mostly get peddled in America the option of traveling as a tourist. tourist. And I want you to consider the experience of traveling as a traveler. And I'm not saying you got to start off like, I'm going to go backpack through not, no. you know like that doesn't have to be it I'm, I'm gonna go pick seeds in the Himalayas um, you know like that <laughs> Jamaica Kincaid has a whole book about that like start but small start, start small. small you know <laughs> start small and there's a number of sites that you can go to that can give you insight on how to start small especially for all my folks that, especially as black Americans there's always a concern about traveling out of the country as a black American and like certain norms that you're used to in terms of getting your hair cut and you know racism and uh, mistreatment based on being just American and wh- how do you manage that all of that I think a lot of that is simply it's it's uniquely experienced by everyone else but I think a lot of it will change if we travel more yeah we get out let folks see that we are who we are not who the media makes us to be globally Let's get into these DMTs. So, first First question. First question. I get crazy travel anxiety. It is hard for me to pack. One time I went on a trip and didn't pack anything and had to buy everything at my destination. Can you give me any coping skills? Well, first of all, I I understand the idea of just like, ah, what am I going to bring? And I think part of the coping skills there is I always... Information is always my number one coping skill, like providing yourself with more information. So 
sometimes it's like, what are you going to be doing? So give yourself a map by giving yourself a list of what are you going to be doing? Okay, I'm going to go to these museums. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go to dinner. So that lets you know if you're there four days and you're going to go to a museum, you're going to want some comfortable shoes to walk in. You're going to go to dinner. You may want a pair of heels or something dressy at least. But if you're in a tropical location, you may just want a nice sandal, right? If you're going to go to the beach, you know you're going to need a bathing suit. You're going to need a coverall because you don't live on the beach. So you're going to need something to get you from where you're going to (laughs) To the the beach beach and back. And sometimes it's like we don't think about that. Like we just think like I'm going to this place and I'm overwhelmed. But you don't have to be overwhelmed by providing yourself with a a little guide of what you're going to do. I get on my team so much because I'm like, why don't I have an itinerary? Because I pack based on my itinerary. So I can't start packing until I have an itinerary because it's not going to be, it's not, it's impractical for me to just be like throwing things in a bag and then find out that I had to do press three of those days, which means I need to have a whole other look, which makes me think about my hair. How much do I want to do my hair? You know, all of these things. So I hear you, girl. I hear your anxiety. You know what I get anxiety about? Hair supplies. Well, of course, especially because if you're checking a bag or you're not checking a bag, like what do you bring? I have to how check much a bag do you bring? I bring hair supplies? Like it's just. And then how much do you bring? Yeah. Is this going to be enough? How many times am I going to have to wash my hair? All of these things are real. Yes. And let me just tell you something. I don't know where your destination was, but if you're traveling outside of the United States, you can't play those games. Yeah. Of I'm going to buy things when I get to my destination. Come to Grenada and tell me and tell me about you going to buy paper towels. You trying to spend twenty five dollars on paper towels? Because the cost is different in different places. Look at Rebecca's face. She can't even handle that. That's for a paper product. Or you want to go? You want to get toilet paper in Cuba? Is that what you want to do? Because that's going to cost you like 50 bucks. It's not, things are not in abundance everywhere like they are here. When I go down to Grenada, I mean, I'm supposed to bring, like people will ask you like, can you bring corn nuts? Can you bring Q-tips? And it's not like Grenada is some like, you know, struggling, you know, we living in hut and thing and thing and thing. But it's like, there is just such an abundance in America of excess and a lot of other places don't have that. Even when you go to London, London doesn't have a lot of shit. I had a meltdown in London once <laughs> trying to find bobby pins. See? Because they're not called bobby pins. <laughs> and I didn't know. Like, I went that's to Brixton. That's a great point. Like, I went to Brixton. Like, you know, that's where all, like, the black people are and, like, the black hair care products or whatever. So I'm trying to, like, you know, bobby pins. And it's a black woman. I'm like, you know what a bobby pin is because you're black. Like, you got to <laughs> use know one. This. And she's just like, I, mm, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I'm English. not sure. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't. Ah. So I'm, like, really frustrated. I'm trying to describe what a bobby pin is like and then I'm like I dig 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 in my bag and I find one I'm like oh and she was like oh like a hair a hair something it wasn't a a pin it was like a hair something and I was like what like but even yeah I mean like bangs are not called bangs in England they're called fringe yeah and so that's another problem that you'll find. So it's like spare yourself that that anxiety because that'll take you like Demetria, who's a very pretty much level-headed person, had a breakdown over bobby pins in Brixton. Breakdown over bobby pins in Brixton. Look at that alliteration. Next question. How do you avoid depression when coming back home to the routine of work and school? I don't know, man. That's a whole other episode. 
So one thing that I tried to start doing was in court. So when I travel, I'm I'm doing a bunch of things every day. Like I'm going to museums, I'm eating at different restaurants, like I'm exploring, I'm walking around. So I try to incorporate that into my everyday life. So I'm not just living like the life that I love on vacation. Interesting. So like, you know, I can't go to a museum every day, but like I can go on Pinterest and like, you know, research different places that I want to go to. I can find different coffee shops. I can find museum openings. I can find, you know, street art murals, things like that, that are like local. So I have something to look forward to in my town or nearby, Mm. as opposed to like having to get on a plane or drive four hours to go somewhere. Billy Crystal had a similar issue in the classic 1980s romantic comedy, Forget Paris. Uh, one of my favorite films of all time. He goes to Paris because he had to bury his father. And he met this woman there and they had a great time. And then he came back to America and he was a referee in the NBA. And they were having breakfast at Denny's. And he was like, let's go to a museum today. And his two or three buddies are like, what? Why would we go to a museum? He's like, well, that's what I used to do in Paris. I mean, that's what we were doing in Paris. And they're like, forget Paris. You're not in Paris anymore. All right. We're at Denny's. We're going to eat these eggs. Then we're going to go watch a game and then we're going to go ref a game. And he was just like, I don't want to do that. I want to still feel like I'm in Paris. Yeah, no, get new friends. (laughs) Get new friends who like to go to a museum every once in a while. Toyota. But anyone who knows the movie understands why I said that. So I think that's great advice, D. Because I've never thought of it that way, but it's so true. Because here I moved into this new house and so much of me moving into this place was feeling, was wanting to have a certain level of the, a certain level of access to the serenity that I feel when I go to Grenada or when I get to go to a mm-hmm. place like Ohio, et cetera. Like being able to even, even have a morsel of that just at home, yeah. you know, because I've never been able to have that before. And it does change, it does change your routine by adding in this new element that you explored somewhere else and that felt good. Yeah. So you still go to work, you know, you do the thing that, you know, pays the bills, but then, you know, you don't have to go straight home after the office. You can like stop somewhere. You can do something. New restaurant, new place, new museum, something. Next question. How do you travel if you can't really speak the other language that they're speaking in another place without looking crazy or getting up, getting arrested? Very good question. I mean, I think that, like, it's commendable that you're even willing to, like, head out and venture into the unknown, you know, like Captain John Lupicard of the Starship Enterprise, you know, whose mission was to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to uh, boldly go where no one has gone before. Uh, But I think it's really important to, like, respect the other place that you're in and understand that when you don't speak the language, that you're going to have to think a little harder and be a little more, be a lot more aware of just human signals that show up. I think that there's something to be said for like when you even go to a new city, just like paying attention to like, oh, they they don't don't do that. that. Like in this city, they cross at the crosswalk. They don't jaywalk. You know, in this city, people say hello on the street. Um, So I need to say hello on the street. Uh... But when you go somewhere where people don't speak the language, hand signals are always very helpful. No quick movements. I think that's because uh, it's very easy to get frustrated and then just like get like, ah, and then it looks like you might be being aggressive. And then if you like a big dude, that could not bode well for you. And next thing you know, you're in a Haitian jail. And I don't know what that's like, but I just feel like it wouldn't be the best. Do you have any tips? Because you've gone places where you don't speak the language at all. 
Yeah, um, I think most places, someone nearby speaks some English <laughs> because English is just so like it's popular. Univer- we, it's, well, it's the universal language. It's a universal language of business, at least. Um, but somebody speaks something, some some very basic. So you can like work Anybody something out. Anybody trying to get money typically yeah. has had to learn a certain modicum of English. Yes. So if anyone, you know, is working the till, they, they usually know something. Um, but also like Google Translate. Like, there's 50 million apps that you can download at this point in time where you can, you know, get the basics across. Like, I've had to type something into my phone because, like, I can't speak it. And then what I'm trying to say of it, I'm not it's pronouncing not. it right. So I type it into my phone and we'll hand it, like, we'll show it to them. And they may take my phone and type it back to me. And that's how we're communicating. Um, and Google Translate now has a number of languages that you can, like, download the library yes. to your phone. So that even if you don't have Wi-Fi, you're, you're not offline. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's closed the gap like a lot, but like you said, like hand signals. And then also like, even if you, if you try, if you try like a hello, you know, in the native language, like even if you butcher it, like people are much more willing to like work with you as opposed to like brushing you off. Like, oh, you're, cause you know, especially in America, if you don't speak English well, then people assume like, oh, he's stupid or she's stupid. My mother literally speaks English and people are like, oh, she has an accent. Yeah. And it's like, no, I understand you or I speak fluent, you know, whatever it is in my, my own language. I'm a scientist. I'm a rocket scientist, whatever. But because you don't speak English, people think like, oh, you don't get it. Um, But if you, you know, just greet people with kindness and their Ooh. own language. Greet you know? people with kindness. Yes. People are always more willing. I've never been anywhere where someone has not... Like, I like I didn't Paris. understand what you were saying. <laughs> so Paris, if you try to speak, especially if a black American, if you try to speak, if you hit them with a the bonjour and oh, yeah, whatever, they'll, they'll work with you. But if you just go up like, hey, excuse me, they'll keep walking. They, they will, do not absolutely, care. Absolutely, they will disrespect you. Um, but I've had people like, you know, like, I don't understand what they're saying. They're trying to tell me like, you know, derecho, izquierda, and I'm not fully processing it. Just be like, come and take me, you know? Right. Um, or at least like take me to the block and be like straight from here. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Derecho is straight. Derecha is right, izquierda is left, right? Is that correct? Yes. Izquierda is left. I know that much. Izquierda is left. Yeah. And in French, Dwalt is right. And the only reason I remember that is because if you say it wrong, it sounds like you're saying right. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> I speak no French. Like, Zero. Bonjour. That's it. So I have a thing about French where if I am there like mm, two days... I start understanding it again. I don't know. I, I You took French in school? I took French classes because I got obsessed with Paris. Okay. So when I, like literally four years ago in New York, I just took a French language course. Like I went, found a French class, like took this course. Um, I remember there was a guy in there who's like, yeah, I know who you are. And I was like, oh, God, God, God. Just, just trying to learn <laughs> I'm just some trying basics. To I'm just yeah. trying to parler vous français up yeah. in here. That's all I'm trying to do. And... Uh, so I can understand better than I can speak French. Yeah. Whereas with Spanish, I think I can speak it better than I can understand it. Because Spanish by Spanish speakers is so fast mm-hmm. that I I like lose it. And when I speak it, I can get I, I have way more of a vocabulary bank. So I feel like it's also one of those things that when you're immersed in a culture, like when I went to Mexico, like my Spanish is okay, like getting by. But like by the time I was like three weeks in, like I had to speak it in some places. Once I got outside of Mexico City, like I was, I had, in order to communicate like halfway decent, like I had to learn language. So I was I'm like, so oh, curious if, I, it if it would be like that for me. I've never been somewhere that didn't speak English for longer than a week. If you immerse yourself, like you're forced to. It's like, 
Like I was it's in fight or flight. Mexico and I got this, I got a, an Uber driver to take me to like some, you know, ruin that I wanted to see. I'm obsessed with like architecture. Um, so, you know, he followed the directions. He took me out in the middle of nowhere and we got there and he was like, oh, like, cause he'd never seen it before. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, like you haven't seen it, which means like, you know, this isn't a tourist attraction. And if I get out this car, there's no one to take me back. Like, and I'm in, like, I have no Wi-Fi, like, I have no signal here, like, so I'm stuck out here if you leave. So I, you know, hadn't taken Spanish in forever, but I figured out a way to ask that man if he could wait 20 minutes Senor. so I could take, like, take these pictures. Uh, if you could keep this taxi right here so for, like, 20 minutes so I could take these pictures. Um, and I was like... Para solamente <laughs> 20 minutos. Yes. Yes. Puedes... Wait, wait, wait. And there were some hand signals involved. It was like, so you too? <laughs> Aquí? Uh, para mí? <laughs> like, How do you say wait? Uh, esperar. Esperar. So, esperar. So, can you wait? Puedes esperar para mí en un coche por 20 minutos, por favor. Oh, español. Español. Those pictures were hot too. Flavors. I was very excited. Well, I hope you guys uh, don't get caught out there because, like, I definitely was in uh, Brazil one time, and the person I was with said they were going to go get some chicken and didn't come for, back for seven hours, and claimed that they got like swept up into a favela and ended up eating dinner with like a drug lord. I think it was a lie, but the story was very intriguing when it was told. Things like that happen when you travel, though. <laughs> like anything can happen. Anything can happen. So you know, but the voice that you're hearing, Demetria, is going to join us right now for our next segment people I like ooh I like you ooh I'm flattered people I like yeah as we get into this segment I hearken back to a time circa 2000 approximately 2006 7 maybe in New York City what are you remembering the first time we met. I don't remember the first time we met. But I do. I feel like I've just known you. Like, you've just always <laughs> been there. Like, I don't know where you appeared from. I literally have a picture from the night of the first time we met. I could, I could literally go to it if I just thought about it hard enough. I could find where it is. I met you on a rooftop in New York. It was some type of Vibe magazine, Daytuan Thomas situation. Okay. I feel like liquor, there was like a Hennessy type of sponsor or whatever. <gasps> was that um, Lower East Side? Yes. Penthouse? Yes! Ah! Yes! I was so wasted that night. Okay, is that why I your blogged like about that? that? Oh, yeah. I met this really like amazingly gorgeous guy that night. And then I met up with him the next day and he wasn't amazingly gorgeous. Like, yeah, that was that was a wild night. Me and Demetria have these talks. We have these conversations. <laughs> uh, Two-hour phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're very necessary. But when I first met you, you were writing at Essence. Yeah. And you were Demetria Lucas of Essence. It was a title. It was a thing, honey. It was, you were presented to me. Like, this is Demetria. I didn't Dimitri- present myself that way, no, though, right? No, no, okay, no. But someone presented you okay. to me. This, this is Demetria Lucas of Essence Magazine. And I remember being like, oh, this is Demetria Lucas this of Essence Demetria Magazine. Lucas of Essence. No, it was, it was a good time back then. It was an era, honey. Like, print was still big. I had a column at Essence. Like, I had a whole magazine section. It was popping. Half-naked men, you know, finding them was 
was my full-time job. It was great. <laughs> Writing about sex, dating, and finding, find, procuring half-naked men and photographing them in various states of undress for the magazine. Yeah, that's... I didn't it even was, know that was a part of the... It, it, I created the job I wanted. They were like, we're going to hire you as the relationship editor. I was like, what does that mean? Like, what would you like to create? I have ideas. <laughs> it's the dream job. It was the dream job. Yes. It's good time. Thoughts. I have thoughts. I've got thoughts. Yes. So how... I think a lot of our listeners know of you as somebody who gives advice. Yes. Um, we have become attached to not only your Instagram, but your blogs. And uh, recently you came back to the blogs <laughs> with the Bell of the Burbs. I wrote one big post. You, right, right. <laughs> and then I just was like, hey, I'm just going to do the rest of it on Instagram. I but mean, it's but, it, but it's fine. Yeah. You know, you, I, you know, there's, there was, of course, you wrote a book. Two books. Two books. Is it two? It's two. It's a Bell in Brooklyn um, in 2011 and then Don't Waste Your Pretty ah, in yes. 2014. Yeah. So basically you're a full authoress. I'm a full authoress. Is that a word? It is now. Okay. And I'm just listing the basic bullet points for people to understand. You were on a reality show where you managed somehow to not let it change your life in a negative way. Publicly, yeah. No, it's privately too. It didn't change your life in a negative way privately. It took some, I took some lumps from that, yeah. You think so? I definitely think so. Lumps that even in hindsight feel lumpy? Lumps that even in hindsight feel lumpy. Like, until I did the reality show, I felt very like protected it in a bubble and people were like oh my god Demetria she's like best friend in my head and during the show it was like oh my god she's the most evil bitch who's ever lived and I was like really really just because of how they positioned you well if you take all the punchline out of all of my jokes like it, it just like I have a very dry sense of humor you Do know you, <laughs> you might have noticed by now um but if you take out all like the punchlines then it's just like oh she's just being an asshole for no reason and I'm like no it was funny but, you but like, we're also cancers. I mean, there's a certain like I mean, I bluntness. can be an asshole and I can be very blunt, but I'm never malicious about it. But I feel like the show made it seem like I was very malicious. And I was like, oh, no, I'm only an asshole when necessary. Or if I really just don't like you, which I, I didn't really like most of my cast. I was going to say. But that's neither here nor there. I liked some of them. And when I was around the people I liked, I was cool. But they just, you know, that's not interesting TV for a reality show. Right. And so, so they will definitely do what they yeah. need to do. But I think there was also a certain element of... You, I know you to be someone who will like ask permission for like, how blunt can I get? Can I get today? I, can I speak freely? Yeah. Look, <laughs> and if you don't give me permission, then we move along. We move along. But if you say yes, you've given me permission. So now I'm going to share my thoughts. We're, I'm never malicious. I never want to hurt people's feelings, but you know. So how has the path gone from print dying to where you're at today? Because you're in a transition space right now that I think a lot of people are in that are listening to the show where it's like you took this course of life you know, by the horns in terms of being a writer, which a lot of people would be afraid to do, right? Like being a creative and sinking your teeth into that. And you've been very successful at it, but then it has kind of morphed and I feel like become reimagined in a couple of different ways. Yeah. And I'm curious to just hear like what those ways are and how you came to realize like it was time to do that. Um... In some senses, like, I just, I follow the technology. Like, I feel like the things that I'm into, that the audience that I'm trying to reach is also into. So, you know, like, I remember, like, not being into Facebook, and then, like, a bunch of people were into Facebook. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'll get on Facebook, because that's where my friends are. And then the same thing sort of happened with, like, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm just very fortunate that most of my friends are on the forefront, so I I gravitated to those things pretty early, with the exception of Facebook. Um, But, yeah, like, I just go where, like, I guess the, the easiest place to reach people 
is. Like right now it's Instagram. Like everyone sits on there like all day, every day. So yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So I have something really like long and important to say that, you know, is more than whatever character space is allowed on Instagram. Like I'll use my blog or, you know, I have a studio in my basement. So I'll I'll shoot a video or, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll write a book. Like it just depends. But I think it's also been dope to see how you have made being a writer into a very multifaceted experience. Like you were not just like writing. I mean, you started doing commentary, then you started doing video commentary, then, yeah. you know, so what made you branch into those spaces and say like, I want to be on camera? Um, I don't know. Like there's no really rhyme or reason to sometimes, like sometimes I feel like writing it. Sometimes I feel like it's easier to say. Mm. It just depends on the subject matter. It doesn't even depend on the subject matter. I can't even say that. Sometimes I feel like writing. Sometimes I feel like talking. Like, I know I have a personality. Some things you need to express, like, you need the full range. Like, you need the facial expressions. You need the head tilt. You need all of that. And other times, like, it's just like, I don't need all that. Like, I just want directly to get into the word so you just, you don't get distracted by all the other stuff. Because doing videos sometimes is just a pain in the ass for women, especially. Because you got to, like, you got to do your hair. Well, you see, you I, I've really brows. made it like, acceptable on my Instagram yeah. that I'm going to look. How I look, so that no one accepts. Yeah, so like, well, okay, but no, but like, I, I usually like I put on a face when people see me out. Like, I'm still I'm a little old school with that. Um, you really are, though. Like, I have on old, a full face, like, kind of right now. Like, I not know, full. but I it's have not, lashes on. But, but it, it's like, I but y'all need to today. understand. <laughs> Demetria is very much like you take a picture together, and she will be like, "Let me make sure." I'm okay. gonna need to edit. Yeah, yeah. What do you think that's rooted in? Is oh, it insecurity? No, it's totally my mom. My mom gets up every single day, like whether she leaves the house or not. Like Saturday, Sunday, every day, sick. She not. wakes up early she, every morning but she just puts a full to do face a on. makeup. Yes. She got to have makeup. Yes. But every single day she does that. And like if... Does I'm, she get joy... Is it like a joyous thing? Does she complain about it? It's just what a lady does. It's just... That's just... <laughs> she curls her hair every single day, like with the with the curling iron, not the flat iron, but she curls her hair every single day. She does like a full face and then like she'll go make breakfast. Like that's just... And she works a full-time job like my entire life. Like that's just what my mother does. That's how she is. So that's like, just her way. Yeah. So the idea of me like leaving the house with like just nothing and I'm not going to the gym, it's crazy to me. What's crazy is that my mother isn't even like that, but I've definitely experienced my mother being like, so you're not going to put any lipstick on? Just like from the back recesses of the house as I'm walking out the door. Well, look, so I remember it was, there was some- You don't want any blush. Well, it's, I mean, I'm kind of with mom. I know, I know. I respect everyone's choices. But I remember like, (laughs) I went somewhere, I was going to like a march with my mom. And I'm like, you know, it's a march. It's like a Black Lives Matter thing. And my mom wanted to go. So I'm going, like we're marching as a family, right? And so I was going to go out and I had no face on because we're just going to, we're going to march. Like, I don't need to be cute. This is in the Instagram. I'm going to protest for rights and injustice, right? And so my mom, was like, oh, a little, a little something. Like you just a little something, concealer or something. Like you're going out in public. And I was like, mommy, you sound crazy. And she was like, mm, something. So I went and put like <laughs> half a face on, you know, like I put like a little liner and a blush and a just, filled in yeah. my brows. So I, I went and I'd been married like two weeks at that point. I went and we were there for all of five minutes. And my most recent ex walked up and stood in front of me. And it was his new chick, too. That was the other part. But, like, and I was glad I had on my face. Right. Yeah. So I was like, mommy may know something. (laughs) Mommy may know something. So I I put on a little something, a little gloss, if nothing else, before I leave the house. So where would you say your head is at now? Speaking of leaving the house, I feel like you're leaving the nest. You had a very public divorce. Yeah. You know, which... 
I thought was very brave because you had ha- you had a very public marriage. Yeah, I got married on TV. Yeah, I, it, it don't, don't get, get more public. public. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And then it's been kind of like for a lot of people, this is this is the experience. It's like you expect you expected one thing, mm-hmm. and then something else happened, mm-hmm. and then it's like okay, the regroup. Yeah. So how do you feel? Because I've been a very uh, consistent voice in her ear. Like, I know you're regrouping and all that, but come to L.A. though. So, like, how do you feel? Like, where are you at now? Um, I'm in a good place. Like, you know, I I left last July. I announced it to the world in December because, you know, yeah. people tell me all their stuff and do their deep confessions to me. And I was like, I kind of feel like I, I need to be honest about that. And then mm-hmm. also you get married on TV and like people just want to know about your life. So every time I would post something, like if I wasn't in New York and he wasn't in the picture and I didn't have my ring on, like it was just nonstop. I'd be like, oh, I'm here, you know, raising money for like cancer or HIV. And people would be like, where's your More husband? But where's your husband? Why aren't you wearing your rings? I was like, let me put an end to it by just addressing it um, and just owning it. You know, like I yeah. fucked up publicly. So, you know, it is what it is. You, you fucked, fucked up publicly? publicly? Yeah, to get married and divorced and like, or married and separated in two years, like, yeah, you fucked up. Yeah. No, you would have fucked up if you stayed. No, no, no. Well, that too. Can we please change this no, no, narrative? No, 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 no. No, it's important to me that I own the decisions that I made to, to, to try to Why do you to consider it, it to be fucking up? Because I, I, I lived it. It was terrible. I was like suicidal and depressed. Like that's, yeah. That is fucked up. But why do you consider that to have because been a choice? I, knew, I did something that I knew I shouldn't have done going in. Oh, And I, okay. I didn't take my own advice. And why though? Fear. Mm, that's a doozy. Fear, wanting to be loved, all that stuff. But did you want to be loved by him or did you want to be loved by people who think that marriage is great and now will respect you more? No, that wasn't the motivation. Um, I wanted to be loved. I wanted to... So you're in the industry, so you get what it is to... I don't know if you feel this. Let me speak for myself. I would do all these like public appearances. I would go on stage. I'd be flying all over the country. And you go on stage and it's like, you know, yay, Demetria, I know where big this is Demetria, going. blah, blah, blah. And then you and get back yeah. to the hotel. The crash afterward, the loneliness of Who being you gonna by go? yourself. No, like nigga. Yeah. But he was, he was there. Like he was there from the very beginning of when all that stuff started happening for me. Um, and I didn't know. I was I'm trying scared. to listen to you, but I'm still hearing Ghostbusters in my head. I see. Go forth. You want to do the full, the full theme song? Wanna I kind of want to. Go forth. Who you gonna call? No. And then Bobby Brown <laughs> comes in and says, Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. We got, we got, we got. That's actually what you had to do to yourself. Yeah. You had to take control. Yeah. You got, you got, you got. So I did that. And then I got on a plane like a month later and I've kind of been back and forth out of the country ever since. I feel like it's interesting that you were saying like he was there from the beginning and that was that. And then it was like, you know, you just kind of get into you get you get you get accustomed to like someone is here. Someone is here. And don't let me. So that I like a weird place now. So like, I mean, I loved him. Like, let's not, you know, just pretend it's something else other than that. But like, I loved him. I didn't want to be alone. There were things that weren't right. But I thought that like, oh, you know, I can deal with X 
I can deal with the bad to get the good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, he never became, like, a different person. The percentages of what he he did were different. So it might have been, like, 70% good and 30%, all right, I'll deal because I want the 70 and then it shifted over time. That's my interpretation of it. Because everything he did, more or less, I wasn't, I wasn't new, shit. It, I wasn't new shit. it was just more of it. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I signed up for a different ratio. Yeah, so. You left. You got divorced. You went back to D.C. Licked your wounds. Your, your words. words. Yeah. And... You just been on a plane, honey. Yeah. Planes, trains, automobiles. I think I may have seen a bike. There was a bike involved at some point. There was a bike involved. Yeah. Um, I saw a swing. There was a swing. Yeah. yeah. So there's been a lot of modes of transportation. Yes. Uh, which brings us to well, first, first of all, where can they follow you on Instagram? Uh Demetria L. Lucas. All platforms. So people ask her questions. I will say, I feel like a lot of the questions people be asking, I'd be like, you really needed to ask somebody this? Yes. But sometimes your advice, I'd be like, Demetria. So I have to be the voice of reason. What do you mean? Are you talking about too blunt or too? Sometimes I'm like, I don't agree. What have you not agreed with? There was one in particular where a girl has said, a woman has said that her friend had pulled her into her cheating on her husband. (gasps) Not really. Sort of. They went to a concert out of state, stayed in a hotel, three women. And one of the women in the middle of the night wanted to leave and go cheat. And the other friend was trying to hold her in the hotel room because she was like, you can't leave and go do that. Um, You can't stop grown people from being grown. Right. But wasn't her question like, am I wrong for doing that? Yes. I thought she was. And then there was another question where someone had asked, like, my homegirl in the last three years has become, like, morbidly obese. And I feel like I need to say something. And you were like, you cannot say anything. I said she couldn't say something about the weight. Because if somebody's become morbidly obese in three years, they know they've become morbidly obese. You know when you've gained, like, a ton. You know when you gained 10 pounds. You definitely know when you've gained 20, 30, 40, 50. I said that she should address what the underlying issue is. Because if you gain a whole lot of weight in three years, like if it's not a health issue, something emotionally is going on with you. So ask what the emotional problem is because the weight is okay, just the symptom that. of it. I misread So that. I wasn't saying like you can't address, address it, at, it all. at all. You just, there's no need to address the fat. Like everyone knows like there's extra weight, there's extra fat. Like, okay. How but- do you get to that question though? How do you say like, how do you, how do you say there's something going on here? Because the weight is not the only place it shows up. Okay. Like, if you're going through something, like, you're... Like, I noticed you've stopped putting on a face and doing your rollers before doing breakfast every morning, like, Demetri Lucas' mom. If my mother got up two days in a row and didn't put her face on and she wasn't, like, having the flu or a migraine or something, I'd be deeply concerned. I'd be like, something is wrong with mommy. Mommy needs an intervention. If my mom didn't feel the need to just, like face the elements unnecessarily on a regular basis. For instance, like there was a tropical storm and she thought that was the time to go and put like the trash cans out by the road. Um, like just being extra. If my mom wasn't just water. extra, just a water. I have a picture of this. It was not a little water. The rain was literally horizontal. And I'm just in the garage and she's like, I don't know why I make it such a big deal. And like ventured off in with a straw hat and galoshes. And I'm just like, this is not that weird to me. It's not weird to you? My mother is 71. My grandmother used to barbecue in the winter in Detroit. Okay. So, so it's just... 
It's sometimes choices. you just need to get the trash out. Sometimes you just need a little fresh air. Sometimes you just need a little fresh air. I'm you like, know? can you put? My mom has chainsaws. Maybe there's. They're powered. One is powered electrically. One why is does powered. Your mom have chainsaws because she, we live in Florida. So but we ain't gonna talk about Florida because it's no, gonna no, take no, us no, down. No, no, no. I don't road. understand what chainsaws have to do with Florida. Like. Is, I'm not the brush. A you gotta chop limbs. The brush. You have to chop limbs. You gotta clear brush away. Our backyard was definitely very. <laughs> it felt like the pride lines. I can't believe you just did that whole thing. <laughs> when, I mean, I legit filmed a video in fourth grade about Kenya in my backyard and was like, Jumbo, "Wow, Jumbo, that means hello in, in, in Kenya's native language of Swahili." I have the video up on my YouTube if you want to see it. It's Amanda's fourth grade Kenya video. I'm going to look that it up. It explains a lot. You watch it and you're like, okay. And she's always been this okay, way. Right. Yeah, this so isn't new. This, I should not have Hollywood. any different expectations. This, yeah, this is just Amanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I literally in the video, I'm like telling my mom, cut, cut, cut. Because I mean, obviously didn't cut. Well, this is, okay. And then you can hear, if you listen close, you can hear my mom go, oh, God. <laughs> Just disgusting. Is this on VHS? Absolutely. Because you still like VHS a lot. <laughs> Let's get into our next segment. All right. That, that one, one time. time. <laughs> so there's been more than one time that Demetria has hit the road, Jack. Uh, she always comes back. For more, for more, for more, for more. Uh, We were in New Orleans earlier this year for uh, Essence Fest. And yeah. And that was, was our first, was that our first time seeing some world together? Yes, I think. Does seeing you here count? No. No, we're both on. Yeah, I think that was the first time. So we were in New Orleans. But I feel like we like explored, like even when we went to that restaurant, it was like, oh, like typically I won't even necessarily do that if I don't have enough time. Yeah. I don't want to do anything that's on like the average tourist list. Like you go to a city and you just do like you check off the French Quarter, you check off I don't know what else do people do? I think French Quarter is the big check off and that's no literally what people or do. Or like and the gambling. Like, I'm gonna drink. Yeah. And have um, crawfish and beignets. And fish bowls and yeah. But I was like I wanna I wanna get out of that um just that one little place Nucleus. that people go. Yeah. yeah. And I took you on an experience. You did. We went and rode around in in a drop top hydraulics with currency. That was awesome. He that just was had a baby. So awesome. Congratulations to my homeboy yes, currency who just had his son, um, Cruz, obviously. And, uh, but it was like, we were doing three real motion down canal. We were so excited <laughs> and he was so nonchalant. Like he was like, all right. Like, he I'm knew, just, he I'm knew. Just, he sorry. was frightened. He knew like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting, getting these girls wet. Yeah. <laughs> but I have like the best picture. My Instagram stories, like we're like bouncing. He's not bouncing. He's just totally, he's, totally he's stationary. fine. But we're like bouncing and I'm like, yeah. I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs like I'm on a roller coaster. It I was li- because I was it so is happy. like an adult it amusement park. And all we did was like we went down the block to the light, That's came it. back, made a U, came back, and came back around. And I was like, I am living. I'm living. I am living. The music is so loud. 
It was so loud. And when we first walked up, Dimitri was like, where are we going? What are we doing? Who are these people? This is, I don't know if we're safe. I don't know if we're oh, safe. Because so, you had us walk. From, I know. Like, and I didn't tell you where we were yeah, going. Yeah, but we were I walking knew. through like, we left like the tourist part and then went through like some sketchy part. It looked sketchy. <laughs> like, I don't know what part of town it was, but it was very sketchy. It wasn't in the quarter. It wasn't, it was, it was sketchy. And I was like, where are we going? And you were like, oh, it's like five more minutes. It's five more so minutes. So when you're traveling and you go off the beaten path and you land in somewhere sketchy, how do you manage it? How do you handle yourself? Well, I don't understand why you think I end up in sketchy places. I mean, it's just natural sometimes when you're traveling and you just kind of don't know the lay of the land. I turn back around. I'm not trying to front far from home. Like, I don't high post far from home. Like, mm-mm. I don't know your hood. I don't know your beats. I don't know how this operates. Like, I don't go to the hood, like, in America. So I don't I don't want to go somewhere else and not know what your situation is. Just be wandering around. Like That is, like, a thing that rappers I know do. Like, they go on, like, hood tours. Like, whenever they would go to another city, they're like, take me to the hood. Yeah, I'm from the suburbs. I know. <laughs> No, no. So let's talk about this year. You went to Bali. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Um, Dubai, Singapore, Ghana, Argentina, Haiti, Barbados, Jamaica, Mississippi. And I know it's in the country, but that's a whole 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 new world. Mm -hmm. Um. There's more. Those are the ones that stand out. I put them on my uh, my Instagram feed, like the highlights of people okay. click through the pictures. Um, I think that's it for this year. What made you start doing See Some Worlds? Because that hashtag is your hashtag, right? Yeah. I started it. Um, I quit my job at Essence in 2011. Um, I wanted to travel. Um Everything I did was digital. All I needed was a, you know, internet connection. I could write from there. I was writing like eight pieces a week. So I was like, I can do this from anywhere. So like I left and went to Haiti, the first, like my first like major trip. Um, And then I was like somewhere in Cape Town looking at some mountain, some water, some white sand beach. And I don't think I had my clothes on. I think it was like a nude beach in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, see some world. And I didn't... Yeah, like see, yeah, so nude beaches are very interesting. It's not what you would expect at a nude beach. It's never people you want to see nude. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just people who just like freedom, but not necessarily like, you know, it's like, oh. Fitness. Okay, fitness. Yes. Yeah, that's they not the freedom, emphasis. They don't love like... tans, don't like tan lines. Nope. But fitness may may or may not be the um yeah, be the priority there. So, but yeah, but I took a picture of like something beautiful and I was like, God, like this is amazing. And just like, you know, see some world. It was just like a little, a little hashtag. It was like nothing, throw away, whatever. And I just started tagging it. And I think last time I looked, it had like 36,000, 46,000 posts, like people all around the country, like black people, white people, Latino people, Asian people, everybody. It's just hashtag see some world. What does that mean to you, see some world? Um, it means just do something different. Like, get out of your comfort zone. So I'm real clear on, you know, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to, you know, get up and travel, you know, anywhere I want to go in the world. But if you can't go around the world, like, go the next town over or go to a museum you've never gone to, go to a restaurant you've never been to. But just get out of your comfort zone. Disrupt. Do something different than what you've known. See something different. Experience something different. Like, see if all the things that you've been told are true or not. Mm. Go see it for yourself. So see some world. To that point, I feel like we have a lot of listeners who are, you know, very self-conscious and self-aware about just wanting to live their most full life, you know, identify their purpose, et cetera, and a lot of times feel stuck. And uh, one of the... 
one of the things that's always worked for me is exactly that, like creating disruption by simply just getting out of the uh, routine of seeing the same things all the time. I mean, I was so set bent on selling Smart, Funny, and Black to television. Like, it was what it was. Like, that's what the plan was. And I had been, you know, in the States for the year, just like really hardcore going for that. And it wasn't until I was driving through Grenada... Um, and I hadn't been to Grenada for the year and, you know, it was like nice to be home, but also just nice for a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. And I was driving through Grenada with Christina Rice, Christina Christina Rice Rice and Kiaren. And it hit me. Oh, you're not supposed to sell this to TV because this entity is so much more valuable when it is not uh, infiltrated by those who seek only to use it for commerce. Yes. And in order for that to remain to be the case, it needs to just be a live show that you utilize in that way. But I really strongly believe that had I just stayed here, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have had that revelation because you just stay in the co- you know you stay in the wheel. Yeah, You're, it's the hamster wheel that you stay on, and I get it. Like you, there's value to the hamster wheel. It does work out muscles and you know calisthenics it's and yeah. it's exercise, but. I got in real trouble. Remember when I got like really like lambasted by all of black Twitter for saying, if you have money for Nikes, if you have money for Jordans and Nike suits and you're, and you don't have a passport, you're losing. And people said I was a classist petty bourgeoisie (laughs) who was passport shaming the black community. It's the way you presented it. It's not, it's the way you presented it. Still the facts. I didn't even say anything about black people, by the way. Still the facts. Yeah, once you say Nikes and Jordans and people assume. That's silly. It's the default. But the point that I was making was if you have money for these things and you are not pursuing like a basic uh, right that you have to be able to get out of here, you're, you're selling yourself short. You got to also understand everybody didn't want to go. No, but everyone should want to go. And that's the thing I really believe. So this is the thing. Listen, this is my thoughts. Even if it's that you don't want to go, you should want to be able to go. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you don't want to go yet, but it's the same reason that like you may not care about voting, but you You should should still just vote because there's a certain inalienable right that you have that like other people really for real don't have. And it's like, if you have access to it, you really just never know when you might want that. Especially if you have kids, like it's just the same. I mean, it's just the facts that I really believe to the point of see some world that there's certain like bottom line things that you might say are not your thing, but you can't argue that they aren't beneficial to you. And that's meditation, eating healthy, Therapy, travel. And these things have variances amongst them. You know, like all therapy is not just you talking to a therapist. All travel is not you getting on a plane and going to another country. Eating healthy is not just becoming a vegan and that's that, you know. And meditating is not just like, oh, I'm in a meditation hot Bikram yoga room with crystals. I mean, you, you tailor it to you. But you cannot argue that all of those things are beneficial to anyone who does it. I'm not saying what you said was wrong. I'm saying the delivery wasn't what was intended. The delivery didn't land in the way that it was intended because it wasn't received well. No, yeah. I mean, but that also we also know that sometimes it doesn't matter how you deliver something. It's not going to yes, be received but well I think either. if you had explained it, if you'd done a video 
Yeah, well, and well, you explained no, it. No, because like, I did explain it. Does people just decide? Well, once you're mad about something, you're committed to being mad about it because it was like the first thing. I mean, that's how online works. They don't want to hear the explanation of it. They just want to focus on. Well, you should have said it right the first time because you talk for. Because they be coming blah, for blah, you blah. sometimes, and I'm just like, how do we? How do you miss? Well, this? sometimes they come for you, and it's not really about the thing you said today. It's the thing you said two weeks ago. They didn't come for you about, and so they're mad about it. Like that's online. Is There's weird. that too. There's that's that's a whole separate thing. But I think if you said like you know I feel that you know travel is beneficial because blah blah blah, and I think people should do it because it's in the same realm as therapy and meditation and you know these other things then i didn't say that because i wasn't even talking about that i literally was just being like if you are this the context of that statement came from somebody was telling me that they they can't afford to travel no no that's not what they were telling me they were telling me like you think you all lack because you travel Mm. but i got jordans and nike suits so i'm good that would so, okay, so you got to put the backstory in but, these things. Like, you got to put this in the caption. Because I say crazy stuff, and then I put it in the no, caption. No, it was a tweet. Like, okay, no, 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 It was a tweet. go to Instagram. That's, I was literally, that's what I mean about platforms. I, I'm going to tell like, you, you I was sitting in Paris, explain. Charles de Gaulle Airport by myself. No. And this conversation was happening. And I was being told by somebody, like, you think, basically, like, you think, you somebody I know, somebody I was seeing, was like, you think you all at, because you're traveling. And I'm like, I don't. I was just letting you know I arrived safely. <laughs> so, see, that's one of those times you got to give like the long caption with the backstory because, the, and you put it like that, then it's like, what? You did stop seeing that person like immediately, right? Like immediately. Oh, yeah. Shortly thereafter. Shortly I mean, thereafter. Okay. All right. Okay. Like, yes. I mean, I've stopped seeing them several times, but now they're blocked. Oh, they're they don't exist. Yeah. Oh, they don't exist. Those. Like they're literally like, I don't know where, if they were alive, I, I really wouldn't know. Okay, that's probably for the best. Oh, it is absolutely. Because when somebody says something like that to you, like you really just don't like me as a person. That's like the that. fundamental things that I enjoy, <laughs> like you, you think I'm. He literally was like, it. "You think you in paradise, but I can go to paradise in my mind." So, oh. like, you know, it ain't you, 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 you know, it ain't nothing special. That's just some hater shit. That's literally like what that's I, just some hater I was like, shit. Oh, that's some hater shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. Did you not invite him? Like, where, where did that come from? Or he just, like, what That was came that? from exactly the fact that, like, a lot of times shit ain't about you. You know, that mm. came from just, like, the basics of I'm resenting you for being able to do something I can't. And I'm wanting to be like, you could do this. You can do this. You have the money to do this. And you're choosing not to for reasons that have nothing to do with limitations. I wish you'd said that. I did say it, but it didn't matter. On the front end. I know. I wish I said that, too. But I was... I was texting from a place of tweeting from a place of emotion. You can't see. I'm not saying that's right, but what I'm saying is that my statement was really more about the foundation of CSM World, which is that it it can be really beneficial Special for to you, you uh, when we acknowledge the importance of experiences, not just material things. Yes, and as a writer, you should have used your words there. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but it well, didn't happen. Yes, I'm it's just in saying. Because we're talking. It doesn't matter. It's okay. in the past. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lion King reference number two. How many um, times have you seen that movie? How many times have you seen that movie? Lion King? Yeah. Maybe twice. Stop, Stop it. it. No. Do you know, you don't know? So I'm I'm like I'm odd about certain things. Like the Lion King, it's a nice movie. It's nice. <gasps> it's nice. I don't think it's bad. I'm the never gonna... gasp that I just gave you was the same gasp that happens when all the wildebeests descend into the ravine, and we are about to watch the murder of Mufasa. Ooh, say yeah, it again. I can't really recall Mufasa. that scene. I'm sorry. <gasps> no. 
Really? We're doing this. We're, we're doing this. We're having a whole. Yeah, twice. I've seen it twice, and it's over a decade. It's the last I watched time I Lion King on a flight the other day. Still holds up. Okay. Yeah. Still holds I, up. Yeah. And the Black Panther element of it. Still holds up. You know, I watch the Black Panther to go to sleep. Or the Black Panther or Creed. I watch it every single night before I go to bed. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. I put it on. It's like my comfort. I understand that, yeah, though. Like, like Tashala's voice like, yeah. comforts me. But also, like, my, ooh, something about ooh. Creed. Like, their little love affair. I like it. Okay. It's like, yeah. Like, you got a John. What's a John? This is a John. That's a John. Oh, you got a John? Yeah! so cute. <laughs> it's really cute. I really... I like it. I like the cuteness. So let's pick, I want to pick three places that you traveled this year. Yes. And I want you to tell me like how they affected you. Okay. So the latest was Bali or Singapore? Uh, Dubai. It was like, they were all back to back to back. You went to Dubai last? Yeah. Dubai was a, like a layover though. It was like a 23 hour Oh, layover. that's right. We were texting while you were in Dubai. Yes. Yes. You were like, where are you now? <laughs> like, I'm on my way home. I'll be there soon. <laughs> no, whenever. Soon enough. So way. tell me about Bali because it really looked great seeing you and Christina out there just having a blast and also look really serene. Yeah. Um, Bali, uh, Bali, it's, it's, we were in Ubud, which is like in the center of the country. Um, you know, it's not like beaches and all that stuff. People think beaches when they hear Bali Island. Um, but it's like a jungle. Um, it's, Ooh, did you see any cool bugs? Um, um, no, not really. No. When I was coming up my steps last night, I dropped my keys. And when I leaned down, I saw a tiny, tiny, tiny snail on a leaf. It was... That's a lot of nature. Amazing. I and saw I, geckos. <gasps> they were like all up in the house. They make a horrible loud noise. Like I, I, I can't like reproduce it. Like, but it's like, it'll keep you up at night. Like it's loud like that. It's like offensively loud. Like it's not something you can sleep through. It's like almost like alarm clock loud. Like it's offensive. Oh. But it's like, they're these little tiny little creatures. Like tiny, they're cute. Like in a little commercial, like the Geico. You know but, what? Like, they're I've horrible. heard that in Costa Rica. And, yeah. I, and we thought we were going to die. Yeah. My mom literally cr- came in my bed and was yeah. like, man's, man's, man's. Yup, 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 yup. It's terrible. It's terrible. But that was like, that was my wildlife experience. Okay. Yeah. I don't really do like bugs and such. Yeah. I know. But yeah. you know, in Bali, I feel like you're in a jungle. You stumble upon something. So Bali is really interesting. So people think they're going to Bali and they're just going to be like in the middle of like, you know, just real natural nature, like huts and tents. And no, it's like, it's like, like five star, like infinity pools and, and you know, everything's like thatched or whatever, but it's like sexy and beautiful. Like it's, it's gorgeous. Ooh. Yeah. And so how did it affect you being there? Um, Bali's just a very spiritual place. Um, like the primary religion, um, they're Buddhist. They, a part of their religion is constant sacrifice. You know, so there are temples, like everyone, like if your house, if you have like a decent amount of money, you have a temple like on your property and you're constantly praying, you're constantly making offerings or sacrifices um, throughout the day. So it's just like people are just very connected mm-hmm. with God. I don't know if you ever traveled in like the Middle East, but in the same way that it's like, you know, they pray five times a day and there's like a, a bell or a sound that, you know, alerts people to prayer. Like it's oh, wow, very connected. Yeah. Um, but it's very connected that way. Like you feel 
religion all around you. Or Wait, to be clear, the practice you're saying that in Bali they have a bell? No, 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 no. I'm saying in the Middle East oh, they yes, have a yes, bell. But in Bali a... they're constantly, like if you walk down the street, like, um, you know, people make little sacrifices of like flowers or something like that. There's incense burning. So when you're walking down the sidewalk, like you either, you know, step on it if you're being rude or you step over it or around it. But you have to be constant or conscious of that when you're walking around. There's incense burning everywhere, but it's not for smell. It's part of a religious offering. But yeah. And okay. the men smell wonderful because everyone's burning incense all the time. I was riding on the back of a so motorcycle. So what does that for great. you? What does that do for you when you're in that type of space? Because we are now in a country that seems like spiritual. Oh, it's entirely different. So America is very you're just going in and out of the country a lot. It's very hostile. Yeah. Like there's just like people are very suspicious. People are very angry. Um, it's not like that. Like Bali is just like everyone's very chill, and it's not just like in hospitality because like I want your American dollar. Mm-hmm. It's very like just everywhere, like on the street, like people are chill. Like you don't in Ubud, Ubud especially, like you don't see like the rah rah energy. Like sometimes you'll just see people arguing, or you see people like cut each other off and flip the bird and all that other stuff. Like there's tons of motorcycles. Like you know everyone's positioning to get in. It's mostly two lane roads, and somehow people do it without like cursing each other out or cutting each other off constantly. Like, it's just a very, like, it just flows. Like like water in a stream. It just, like, flows. It's Feng shui. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I went to, like, a lot of temples. Um, went to this water temple. Um, and we didn't get to have, like, the full experience. But we had a guide, and he was explaining to us, like, the, bar- the basic principles of the water temple. And one of them is, before you go in, you have to, like, clear your thoughts, clear your mind, uh, cleanse your mind before you get in because you're getting into this water and the water is a shared space. So if you have negative thoughts and negative energy and not, not having intention, so you have to get into the water and you make your offering or you go to your God with a purpose. You're not just going there like asking for, like, oh, do it, do your will. You go forth asking for something. So it's like when Arya Stark went to the house of black and white and she wanted to yes, learn. Yes, okay. that I got. Um but you get into the water with these other people Whoever and so you is. have to cleanse your mind because you're getting into a space with other people. You're sharing this collective space. So you can't go in there with like unclean thoughts or, yeah. you know, all over the place, crazy thoughts because that energy transfers to others. So in the context they were explaining, it was you know, like about getting into this water at this temple. But I thought about it like anytime you enter a room with someone else, like you're bringing your energy, um, you're bringing your scattered thoughts and you're, you're presenting someone else with that. So it just makes me more intentional. So ever since I got back, like I get up in the morning or whatever, and I'm like, what is my intent for the day? So if I don't write it the night before, like I, you know, I have a list of things that I want to do. I get up in the morning, you know, I reconfigure and like, this is what I want to do. I want to go here. I want to go there. Um, I want to do this. I need to work on this. Like I have intent throughout the day as opposed to just getting up and just sort of like, you know, that's all I've been all day today. Yeah. All day I've been intentless. Well, sometimes you need to be, but... On a day-to-day, like if you're trying to get ish done, like it's, no, it's, true. it's so much more effective. And I was like, oh, I felt disrupted since I woke up today. What's going on with you? Um, People that I thought were going to be there mm. weren't there for me in a way that I needed them to be or wanted them to be. And it's not even like they were intentionally doing that or unintentionally. It's not, it's not even to say like they were being malicious or careless or whatever. Yeah. But it was just, it just drained me. I get it. That's disappointing. It is. And I take disappointment tough. So some people, disappointment rolls off their shoulders, but I am like... Did you tell them what you wanted from them? Yes. Oh, and they still like... Well, no, I mean... Oh, and in hindsight, I mean, after I was like, you know, I just wanted you to know that this felt this way. Okay. And both of them responded in kind, but I think I'm still like in the after effects of like, I had to feel it at all. Okay. 
But this isn't about me. This is about you. I slip into coach mode sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, tell me what's going on. <laughs> Talk to me. Tell me your feelings. Even to that extent, like someone that I, like I threw my back out last night mm-hmm. and it was like really, really, really painful. I still like had to do like an hour of stand up. Yeah. And I told someone this morning about it and like their response was, so if I said to you, I threw my back out and I just have to like lie on my back for like the next like eight hours, what would your response be? I mean, since I'm here in LA, I'd be like, do you need anything? Are you okay? Like, did you take meds? Like, Their response was, yeah, I remember when I threw my back out. Oh, Jesus. Way to make it about you, non-suffering sir, ma'am, sir. Sir, okay. Way to make it about you, non-suffering sir. Like, seriously? Seriously? You know him too. And I was just like, all right. So you still try and have the convo? Rebecca's rolling her eyes and shaking her head because it's so irritating. It's just like, can Can someone not be predictable? Anyone? Anyone? No. Can we have a Jurassic Park movie where the Velociraptor doesn't kill everybody? Can it not be predictable? Because that happens every time. Every movie, yeah. Every movie. Can we get a different animal? Can I see something else? Can Can I see some world? Can something else kill people? I mean, I'm just always a Velociraptor and a T-Rex. I'm just like, there's other dinosaurs uh, that were carnivorous. I mean, I was very appreciative that there was an Allosaurus in Jurassic World. I will give them that. I will give them that. How do you know so many dinosaurs? <laughs> like, this this is not something I can just, like, roll off the top. Like, I can tell you about a T-Rex. Like, I don't know. Triceratops, Brachiosaurus, Diplosaurus. Like, where did you learn this? I mean, did, is this a museum thing? Did you go over this, like, in school? Like... So I was an only child. And I'm an only child too, but I have weird knowledge gaps. I Well, I filled those weird gaps with time and what I would literally do, and this is no exaggeration, I would just take a World Book Encyclopedia out and open it. So I know hella flags, hella dinosaurs, hella dog breeds, hella cat breeds, hella fish, hella sharks, simply because I would just, that's how I would watch TV. I would watch TV and have it in front of me and I would just be watching TV and looking down and I would somehow retain the knowledge. And I don't know if it's like photographic memory maybe, but to this day, like I I know cat breeds because of being like nine and sitting with a book in front of me, an exactly a world book encyclopedia in front of me. And that's why I know dinosaurs. Interesting. I would snatch off like my mother's like, I don't know, like Terry McMillan books. <laughs> Like I read Wedding well, to Exhale when I was like 10. But yeah, it, it it's like up. I became a writer in the vein of Terry McMillan. Yeah. And I became a writer in the vein of just blurred. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. So then tell me about, but just to end that story, like, yeah. I mean, I just thought the response would be, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Do you need anything? Like, what, what, and, he, and he couldn't provide anything. So like, what are you doing? Does, can, is there anyone there who can get you anything you need? You know what I mean? Like, yes. But are you okay? Is the first like that was not a concern. Yes. And then I said, I and then I gave a script answer because like I like to help people along sometimes because not all of us were raised the same. You know, not all of us listen to small doses. So I just like to help people along. And I gave him like a a, a script guide, and his response was facts. What? And I said, you know what? TTYL. Was he sober? Maybe he wasn't Absolutely. sober. Absolutely. Are you, everyone is not sober but in the morning. But he is. And so then I said, you know what? And I this is a thing that has nothing to do with this episode per se, but what I've been realizing is that in this journey with different men and whether you date men or women, et cetera, the journey that has been most effective is when I realize like not everybody's for you to be a partner with, but everybody can be for your 
learning process. process. Yes. So in that moment, it was like, you're not giving me partner vibe right now, which is its own issue. But what I did use that moment to do was to reformat how I address that moment. So like my initial response was going to be like, for the record, this is not okay because I don't appreciate that you decided to uh, make it about you instead of about me in that moment, right? Right. Which feels very attacking. Yes. And so I caught myself because I really, I've I've said this on the show many times, I really have been really trying to work on critiquing from a place of compassion versus correction. Yes. And so I reworded it in a way that still got the same point across, but that came with um, a hug versus a dagger. Did he ever ask, are you okay? He replied and said, my bad, killer. Oh, God. <laughs> That's you just like people get deleted. That's how people get deleted from the phone. My bad, killer. Uh, I hope you feel better and I will check on you later. But he never asked, are you okay? No, no. I don't understand. But this is, I mean, this is why I ask people all the time, who raised you? I mean, I got that. Some Look new- at Rebecca's face. No, you said something. We were talking, I don't remember, some conversation. You were talking about the difference between people who were raised and people who were dragged up. Yeah, I was not dragged up. I was raised yeah, up. Yeah, but I always took that from you. I was like the dragged up thing. And I was like, some people just got dragged up. They're yeah, just here. They're just, just here. here. By God's grace. Like they weren't really <laughs> raised for The goal was so like, basic. It was just Keep them alive. Alive, carry forth. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about another another place you went that touched you specifically even this year. Uh, Ghana. Yes. Was it your first time on the on the continent? No, that was my fourth trip, but it was my first to West Africa. Oh, that's different. Yeah. So it was it's entirely different. Where had um, you been before? Uh, South, South Africa. Africa twice, Kenya and Morocco. Ooh. Yeah. So, but Ghana just totally blew my mind in like a whole different way. Are you Ghanaian? Like according to your ancestry.com? Uh, I've never done my ancestry. You um, have a lot of Ghanaian features. Okay, I'll take that. Um, I don't know. I haven't done that yet. But you uh, went to Cape Coast Castle. Went to Cape Coast Castle. Have you read Homegoing? Yes. I read it after Cape Coast Castle. Me too. Um, and I was, didn't know that I was reading. I literally was started reading it and I was like, is this Cape Coast Castle? Yeah. And then... Well, so I read... Um, I started reading it while I, was in, while I was in Togo and didn't realize I was... I was reading about Cape Coast Castle where I had been literally the day before. That's crazy. Wait, Togo is like right there? Right. We drove to Togo from Ghana. Oh, I didn't know it was like... It's literally next door. I didn't know that. Okay. This year, No, I started reading um, Homegoing when I got back and then Maya Angelou's um, All God's Children Have Traveling Shoes about her like three years living in Ghana. Oh, I need to read this. Yeah. I can't give you my copy because I don't share books, but... I, I understand that. I okay, share you get DVDs. it. Because you, you got tons of them, obviously. I wish you could see what's happening. Like, we're sitting in uh, Amanda's nest. Is it Amanda Land. Amanda Land. Okay, we're sitting in Amanda Land, and there's, like, a good, like, 200 DVDs. And I was telling her, I don't think I've seen a DVD in, like, a good 10 years. And I was like, how do you even, like, engage with them? Or, like, they just relics? Are they there for decoration? And she's like, no, 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 no. I have DVD players. She said that with a plural. I was very, very interesting. Intrigued. I just... I, what was intriguing about Ghana? What was intriguing about Ghana? Ghana, everything. So the first thing that stood out to me was the the black faces. The people on billboards looked like the population being advertised to. It was just like a, a wow, insane 
concept. It was like, so the, the Ghana Ghanaian population are very brown people, right? Everyone on the billboard was brown. <laughs> brown like people. the man was brown. His wife was as brown as him. Like she wasn't super light skinned with curly hair or just like, you know, unidentifiable ethnic uh, ethnic origin. Like she was brown like so, him. Mm, and then they had okay. like, no, on top of that, they had a brown baby. So like two brown people with like two brown babies, like not like the weird, like, I don't know how these two brown people got this little light skinned biracial child it was just a whole brown family so like, like was, the sister on my brother and me it's yes that's how how this that yeah. math is yeah. yeah but that's what it, we're so accustomed to seeing here but it was just like the most mundane things like it's an advertisement to go shopping at the mall and it's just a brown woman and another brown woman with shopping bags and i was like look at this the pop <laughs> the advertisement and the people Look the same. It was ain't fascinating. That, isn't, isn't I did that a whole novel? Instagram story, like fifty. I was just taking pictures of advertisements from the car, and I was like, "Look, look at this! this. <laughs> look at this!" Like, it was. I was so impressed. When I was in Togo, I took a picture of like a whitening ad, yeah, a skin whitening ad, a skin bleaching ad, and the girl in the ad DM me. She is a twenty-eight-year-old from Missouri, <gasps> who ten years ago did a photo shoot like for modeling pictures and the photographer asked if he could like put them on a stock photo site, I guess to get some money. And the company took her pictures from a stock photo site and has her being, and she's a light skinned woman. She's not bleaching her skin. Like she's just a light skinned woman. And they're using her image to peddle skin bleachner, skin bleaching uh, agents across Togo. (gasps) I'm talking, and like when I tell you billboards, like ginormous Yeah, the billboards over there are huge. They're different than here. Yeah. Um, Oh my God, I'd be mortified. Yes. Oh my God. And there's nothing she can do about it because she signed... It's right a wrap, but she, but but do you understand how insane it is that yeah. I was in Togo, yes. took a picture of a skin bleaching ad, and the person in the ad DM me. Yeah, well, so that's one of the weird things. Like when you have a huge platform, you got a little bit of everybody, and especially with Black folks, like worldwide, two degrees of separation, no more. Which is like, why I wish we would. I hope that we start really being better about our Pan Africanism. Yeah. I mean, I was called a dirty West Indian earlier this year by black oh, people. Oh, oh, yeah, telling me that I'm, you know, a cult, uh, a culture vulture and I'm appropriating black culture by being the daughter of a Grenadian, even though my father is but a you're descendant from of. Here. Yes, and even though my father is a descendant of African American slaves, they're like, it doesn't matter. You're not. I'm like, what? so your father is, but you're <laughs> you're not. And that because I have a Grenadian mother, I have no right to African American culture. And oh my god, but these would be people that are quoting Malcolm X, whose mother is Grenada. Yeah, not only is she Grenadian, her her mother was white. That's crazy. So, but but when you speak about this, it's it's so it's what it says to me is how valuable it is to see some world because there is something to be said for seeing, like, oh, this can be done differently. Yeah, like over here, like this is speaking to the population. Like we don't really get to experience that as Black people in America. Yeah, we don't even know what they're who they're advertising to. A lot of times, no. We gonna tell you something else that was really crazy is when I was in Haiti earlier this year. I was with a friend that you know lived on the continent for a really long time. He lived in South Africa, but he traveled all around. And so we're riding around Haiti, and I was like, "Wow, this looks like it's not Garvey, is it? No, okay, Suede. Oh, you know oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, this looks like Kenya. I was like, this looks like Africa. Like, it's just like the... Yes, this in like, Haiti? Yeah, in Haiti. Where were you in Haiti? Uh, at the time I said it, we were in Cap, Cape Haiti. Oh, we were Haitian. Cap Haitian? Haitian, yeah. La Badi? Yeah. Um, but I was like, this looks like this looks like Africa. And he was like, because 
they're African. And I was like, oh. oh. But when I got to Ghana, <laughs> I was like, This wait. looks like Jamaica. It looks like the Caribbean. Yes. Like, I was like, this is crazy. Yes. But just like, from the way the storefronts are set up to all like the colors to we went to like a, a traditional Ghanaian restaurant and I was like, oh, so we're going to eat okra and black eyed peas and fry some fish and fry some chicken worldwide and some corn. We're going to do this worldwide. Worldwide. Because it ha- I went to Brazil. I went to um, some Bahia? festival. Went to Bahia. Yes. Which like all the black people, the outside, more black people there than anywhere else outside Africa. Um but I went to like a their version of like Fort Greene. Um, <laughs> and it was the exact same thing. It was like they had watermelon, they had fried fish, they had fried chicken, they had Tupac and Biggie on shirts, they had all the shirts that say, like, you know, I love my, you know, wide nose, big hair, full lips, blah, blah, okay. blah. Okay. It was just in Portuguese, but it was the same font. Like it was crazy. But like all the things that we think are very like, oh, this is specific, like this is American or this is Are they doing the electric slide to Frankie Beverly and Mays? No, but they have their own. And I took, I did video of that. Like they have their own little line dance situation. I was like, black people love a line dance. We love love a line line dance. dance. We really do. But like worldwide, like some things that we think are very like, this is African-American or this is West Indian or this is, um, you know, Brazil, Afro-Brazilian. No, really, it's just Africa. It's just Africa. We just in, reinterpret it different ways and mixed with the culture, you know, wherever the ship landed. So we took a little bit of, you know, oh, this is some, you know, Ghanaian and this is from a tribe here and this is from a tribe there. And we mixed it all together. But it's very West African, which two hours in West Africa, you're like, oh, my God. It's true. This is familiar. It's true. Yeah. And last place. Um, what about Mexico? Just because like... That's my first one. Yeah. And Mexico, I feel like, is one of those ones where I think that we have a very kind of like... We take it for granted. Yeah. And there's so much culture. Like, I know, like, I think of Mexico as one specific way. And I feel like I... Like, Wade, who plays my husband on Insecure, um, Derek Dubois, he's like, you know, we need to take a trip to Mexico City. And I was like, really? Why yes. Mexico City? And he was Don't. like, I mean, it's like Paris yes. in... Yes. The North American continent. And I was like, what? And I felt so ignorant at the time because I really had never conceptualized that. And he was like, it's a full cosmopolitan. Like, it's a... Mexico City has this is the second most populous place of, like, museums, second only to Paris. And their museums are sick. They're, like, three city blocks. It's crazy. Just art on art and art. So my trip to Mexico, like, I use the hashtag art and avocados because um, I was like, I'm here for very specific purposes. Like, I want to see a bunch of dope art and I want to eat a bunch of great food that involves avocados and guacamole because they're always in season. It's great. Um, but, yeah, like, I went to Mexico and I wandered around for, like, three weeks. I did five cities. Um, I was by myself for most of it. Some friends like flew in and out for like two or three days at a time. Um, but it was awesome. What is it traveling by yourself? Cause I know a lot of people that are listening are very, very tenuous about flying by themselves, traveling by themselves, going to the it's, movies by themselves. So I'm an only child. So it, is it's that really like, what it is for us? So my mother always used to tell me, well, ain't nobody else going to do it with you. So it was like you Damn. if you could I mean my mother's my mother's an only child. So like let's there's a you know Okay, yeah. Um and my father's like the youngest boy or the only boy. So like so we're he, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a weird household. Um but yeah, like I, I don't even think twice about it. Like I go out to eat by myself, like I 
I don't know, go to the movies by myself. I do a lot of stuff by myself. Because sitting around waiting for other people to to get up and go with you, you won't ever go anywhere. Say it again, please. Like, never. You won't see half the things that you... Say that whole sentence again. Waiting around for people to get up and go with you, you will never go anywhere or get anything done. Do you know how many messages I get in my DMs from people saying, I wanted to go to Smart, Funny, and Black. But, yes. My friends didn't buy tickets. Yes. On time, and now it's sold out. Yes. Well, what you want me to do? Yes. And my response is always, what's the lesson you learned? So don't wait for nobody. I tell people all the time. So I, you know, I, I travel to all these places. I, you know, amateur photographer. I take all these pictures. People are always like, I want to go with you on your next trip. Like, give me the itinerary. Tell me where you're going. I tell people in advance, like the inner circle knows, like Ghana is in August. You know, I advertise on my site. Like I advertise Bali for like three months in advance. Like we're going to Bali, Barbados, same thing. We're going to Barbados. Everybody was like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, no, I'm going. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm in LA right Right now, trying to find a place to live. I told everybody I'm going to be in LA in November for at least two weeks. Here are the definitive dates. I have Airbnbs. You want to come crash? Come. It is cold on the East Coast. Come. come. I'm out here solo. Solo. But you had the house though. I'm at the house though. But Demetria came up in here like, we're a long way from New York. We're, we're a long way. <laughs> From one bedrooms and bathrooms, you could, you know, you put your hand, you can't even put your hand out. You just, you get like a little bit out. You're touching the wall. Like, you know. We're a long way. Yeah. And you've gone such a long way around this world. And I think it's very inspiring and it continues to be intriguing and it continues to set examples for especially black women to understand that wellness and, um, self-wellness, self-care can be managed in a number of different ways and travel might be the way for you. So let let Demetria be an example of the fact that even when things go left, you know, they aren't exactly how you planned, uh, you can get back back on course yeah. it just it may require you know stopping through a little having a couple Bounce layovers back, the glow up <laughs> a few layovers wander around take pictures of doors figure out some things figure out life figure out life yeah. so thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me love here on small doses the last dose well this has been a blast. It's always great, you know, that I get to have like my friends on my podcast. And that's why I just designed a segment called People I Like. People I like. And I really like Demetria for being somebody who has always kind of take and taken her life by the reins, taken things in her own hands and acknowledging her own stuff and forcing us, uh, her readers and her fans to acknowledge our own stuff too. Because I feel like I'm somebody who does that same thing. And sometimes it can be a bit of a daunting task and we even though you're somebody who says it to other people you need other people to say it to you speaking of which you know uh i just have always told people that i think travel is an incredible experience and i think it's something that we all have to do and the reality is that humans are a nomadic people we always have like we are literally a nomadic being and that's how we got to where we are uh, unless we were, you know, packed on slave ships, stolen and shipped across uh, the ocean. But that's, that's another story. story. The fact of the matter is when we stay still, uh, 
I'm not saying that we shouldn't find stillness, but when we stay and remain still, we become static. When we come, when we become static, we die. And that's just how things work. And so travel allows us to not only move physically, but to move our concepts, our consciousness, our mind, and, and, and invigorate our minds to continue to grow. You know, because that is how you keep your mind growing, by in- introducing new things and new concepts. That's why people encourage you to read. That's why people encourage you to find new music. That's why we have films. That's why this this what that's about. It's about creating new neural connections. And in order to do that, you have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. It's hard. It's difficult. It can be frustrating and it can be incredibly daunting and fearful. But I believe that what's even more scary is the idea of letting this life live you versus living your life. And when we travel and we explore, we also show respect to the fact that we've got a whole planet here. We've got a whole planet, and we don't really respect this planet the way we should, uh, but we should absolutely do our best to see as much of it as we can before it kicks us off of this bitch.